Hey, hi, hello, how are you? And welcome back to Watch It Again, the podcast where we go through 101 movies to see before you die. As always, I'm your host, Jacob, and with me are... I'm Kat. I'm Nick. And I'm James. And Kat, do you want to tell us a little bit about what this podcast is all about? So each week we take it in turns to pick a movie off a list um, of 101 movies you should see before you die. And, yeah, we take it in turns to report on it, tell the others about it, any fun facts, that kind of thing. And then we have a chat about what we've been watching and things that are upcoming that we're excited for. And And we're almost finished the list, which is exciting. Yes, we are on number 98, I believe, of the list. Yeah. Yes, we are in episode 83. The last one that that I get to write and tell you all the fun facts about. Yeah, yes. James will be um, leaving us after we finish the list, unfortunately. I will be. Um, I just, I cannot stand movies that aren't put on this list. It <laughs> entirely defines my taste. <laughs> Your entire film personality is built around these 101 specific movies. James, I actually saw a film before he started this. So. Yeah. yeah. And then I lost Oh, Return of the King. Let's start with... No, sorry, sorry. We started with... um, <laughs> What was the one I guessed it on ages ago? Ferris Bueller. Oh, Ferris Bueller. Oh, yeah. That's a moving pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing technology. It's blowing my mind. I'm, I'm glad to see we can still have this argument like two years yes. later, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are all main characters this unlikable? It's a good movie, Nick. Fuck you. <laughs> Well, it's not a good movie. Speaking of potentially unlikable main characters, uh, <laughs> this week we watched Eight and a Half, uh, a movie but directed by Italian director Federico Fellini from 1963. Um, the character has a lot of things in common with the director, and I also find that the character is not very likable, but he's somewhat complex in a similar way to Mr. Ferris Bueller, I would say, but not really. <laughs> it just sounded so like your radio voice just came out then. It was just perfection. <laughs> so smooth. You should be a podcaster, James. This is why we need you. I mean, yeah, I, I am. <laughs> yeah, by all definitions, he is. <laughs> um, I did put um, podcasting on my resume the other day. Nice. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, nice. Just a little um, detour. I'm a producer, writer, host, and manager. Wow. If you, if, you get, <laughs> if you get the job, you have to ask, did this make a difference and report yeah. back? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <sighs> um, but, yeah, so I presume we all watch this movie. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it was, as I said, directed by Federico Fellini and starring Marcello Mastriani as... Uh, our main character, Guido Anselmi. Um, I also discovered that Mastriani and Fellini made five films together, and including La Dolce Vita, which is Fellini's uh, other most famous work, other than Eight and a Half. Um, was from the thing I read, it um, compared them to De Niro and Scorsese, or and um, also Kurosawa and Mifune, who obviously we have multiple movies on the list with both of those. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I was curious because I hadn't seen the numbers of the other ones. These guys had five. I'm like, surely the other guys have more than that. And the answer is De Niro and Scorsese have nine and Kurosawa and Mifune have 16. 
Holy shit. Mm. Sixteen. So, yeah, it's a lot of movies. It's a lot. It's a lot of time to spend together. Yeah. They did. Um, so this film won uh, Best Foreign Language Film, which, uh, as we found out last week, um, kind of started because of Rashomon 12 years before this one. Um, it also yeah. won Best Costume Design, Black and White, um, which I was I was like, oh, there's a, like, every year had both colour and black and white, and then it stops at 1967. They've just decided that... Black and white is not popular enough anymore. I think, yeah, I think it became That's less mainstream. Like the color technology was a lot cheaper, and most studios just defaulted to color production. Yeah, mm-hmm. like even TV really kind of en- defaulted to color at that point. Mm. I did really enjoy the costumes in this. I thought they were very nice, very in- European, very, very Italian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, in sight and sounds, greatest films of all time, uh, poll from 2012, which is a popular one that's referenced. Been I've seen referenced in a few of the um, uh, the articles about these movies. This movie was voted uh, the tenth best of all time by critics and the fourth best of all time by directors. Wow! Um, what movies did curious- they fucking watch? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, no, spoiler alert to my opinion later. <laughs> and I look forward to uh, hearing it and sharing my own. But um, I was curious to see what the other ones were on that list. So uh, Vertigo won the, the Critics one, which is one we did um, probably almost a year ago now from Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, that is a good movie. A yeah. movie called Tokyo Story won the Director's one and also was third on the Critics one. Tokyo Story. I'd, yeah, I'd loosely heard of it, but it's interesting to see, like, since it's first and third, like, quite a quite a well-known piece that's, you know, a bit older. I'm very surprised it wasn't on this list either. Yeah. Yeah. Lots um, of good movies that aren't on our list. Yes, that is true. And lots of um, shit ones that are. <laughs> the, the, like, plenty of other ones from this list were in the top ten, though. Uh, Space Odyssey, Apocalypse Now, uh, Sunrise, um... Toy Story were all um, pretty high up. I love it when you have, like, all those old classics and then Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to think about it being, like, considered, like, one of the, one of the greats. Yeah. It is good. Like, it, it oh, is. It's, it's great. Oh, it it's is. just very different to most of the things you'd find on a list like that. I just love that yeah. Toy Story 1 is, like, the previous concepts that they do for, to- like, the new ones, like, the quality like, yeah, its animation is just kind of like, oh yeah, we'll knock that up in five minutes to show what we're going to do now. Like it's just the quality has changed. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, isn't so it? So much better, but still yes. holds up Christ. very well. Uh, story, yes. Um, Visual, no. Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it look except, as good. But... Everything except the humans is pretty. Decent, I'd say. Yeah, the human dog looks bad. Yeah, the dog. <laughs> yeah, the dog's fucking nightmare. The dog just looks like a cone. Yeah, <laughs> the toys look great. Yeah, any organic material, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so scary. Um, sorry, James. So, no, that's all right. Some on this movie, I have about the same amount of notes of on the plot of the movie as the production because it has its own like similar story in terms of making it. Ooh. Um, 
Would we, we like, like to talk about the plot first or hear about the production? I think plot. Let's and do then plot. Yeah, do the plot and compare. Into, yeah. All right. Compare Let's do that. Go into all the I fun things. That that'll probably make more sense because um, a lot of this like relies on knowing what the plot is. So for anyone that hasn't seen it, it will be apparent why it's interesting. Yes, probably which will be one hundred ten percent of our listeners. <laughs> what a bit generous here. <laughs> it's more than eight, Nick. There's ten. Oh, we liked up. Name them all now. <laughs> so this movie starts with a very, uh, very odd scene of um, the, a man trapped in a car while every everyone else in um, a whole bunch of other cars just stares at him trying to break out of the window. I I hadn't looked up what this movie was about and then watched this scene and just had no idea what the fuck was going on and then was like, okay, I'm going to look it same. up immediately. <laughs> Instantly confused. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, which from there we then meet uh, Guido Anselmi, a famous Italian film director who is suffering from director's block. Um, stalled on, which I've always heard writer's block being the thing like, talked about but i suppose you can get block from any kind of creative job yeah mm. i feel like just kind of anything it's just unmotivation i suppose he is writing his film as well so yeah it's pretty similar um so he's very blocked um in terms of his new science fiction film that uh includes very thin thinly veiled uh, references to his own life um, but he has lost interest in making it um, due to both artistic and marital difficulties. Um, his doctor sends him to a uh, luxurious spa in order to recover from um, his anxieties around this, um, which a good like most of the first half uh, takes place in this spa. Um, he hires a well-known critic to uh, review his ideas for the film, and the critic... Uh, absolutely blasts him and tells him it's like one of the worst scripts he's ever gotten, basically. Um, yeah, he's not very nice, is he? No, he's, he's not a nice bloke, but <laughs> to be fair, he, does, he doesn't really have his ideas together all that much. That's true. Um, uh, while he's at the spa, Guido has recurring visions of uh, an ideal woman, which he sees as a key to his story. He first sees her... Uh, uh, preparing a drink for him at this weird... I, I had no idea what this thing was with all the girls just making, like, the drinks all the time. Is that, like, that weird outdoor, yeah, like, what is arena it? thing? Yeah. Like I thought they were just giving people glasses of water because it was hot. But it's, it's like, it's just, it seems weird to have, like, 12 different people constantly pouring those and just handing them to... I don't know, like... It was, it was weird, but I thought it was just some weird arty water dispenser. Yeah, I, I suppose it's just... Uh, and there's, like, the big orchestral piece playing and... Yeah. Very odd. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, after seeing the ideal woman, um, he goes to the train to meet his uh, his mistress, Carla, who has come to the set to visit him, but um, he puts her in a separate hotel because he They've doesn't always want... always got a fucking mistress. Yeah, this is... <laughs> This is the main thing of why I'm not really sympathetic to the character. It's like, oh, poor, poor guy. He he's he's just got to cheat on his wife because he's he's a struggling yeah, artist. Exactly. It's, oh, <laughs> <what a> prick. 
we've had a fair few like films from this era that are all like primarily about like the main character cheating on their partner. Was it more normal? I think it was back just then? the norm. It must have been normal because divorce. I guess divorce wasn't a thing back then, so I guess more people would have had mistresses. I mean, it was a thing though. Like it was a thing. I suppose it just wasn't as acceptable. Probably because, like, more religious uh, yeah, society. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. Like, yeah, he just probably shunned it. a bit more. Mm. Um, yeah, he puts her in a separate hotel to hide her away from everyone, which uh, we will find out later is not that effective. <laughs> um, so the uh, the production crew all relocate to um, this spa slash hotel in a uh, unsuccessful attempt to get him to work on his film. Um, Guido then, uh, speaks to a cardinal of the church, um, and, uh, talks about his lack of happiness. The cardinal then, uh, talks about something completely different and basically just <laughs> ignores him, <laughs> which is uh, very useful for, for Guido. Uh, he- I mean, I feel like he's got it pretty good. He's been put up in a spa. His whole production has moved to where he is like, oh yeah. You know, he, count your chickens. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a decent life. Yeah. Um, he then invites his estranged wife, uh, Louisa, and her her friends is what I've got written here to join him, which is um, uh, one guy that is uh, pining after her and her... Was it her sister? I am not sure. Best friend, sorry, is um, the one that, that gives him shit while he's on the phone to her. <laughs> Um, I thought it was I thought it was her mum at first because it was like very much a mum kind of thing of like how dare you fucking do this shit. Um, so uh, Guido confesses. Uh, sorry, um, they dance, but Guido abandons her for his uh, production crew very quickly. Guido confesses to his uh, wife's best friend Rosella that he wanted to make a film that was pure and honest, but he is struggling with something honest to say. Because he's a dishonest bloke. He's a <laughs> cheating on it's his like, wife. Now his wife's there. Like, shockingly, Christ. someone someone that is uh, engaging in an affair is struggling to be honest. It's amazing. Um. So then, uh, Guido, Luisa, and Rosella outside the hotel see uh, Carla, his mistress, uh, there, and Guido claims that he and Carla ended their affair years ago. But uh, they they kind of see right through it. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Yeah, I do... Sorry, go. Oh, go sorry, Kat. you go, James. Oh, oh I was just going to yeah. say it's kind of nice that the women aren't just fooled. Yeah. <laughs> like even when they they say like we we know you're lying to us, he he just keeps going on it. So yeah, he's not particularly endearing. He gave it a way. shot. <laughs> um. But then we then see the film take a rather interesting turn uh, where suddenly the three women are getting along very well and we then change to uh, a fantasy world where Guido uh, lords over a harem of women from his life, including um, a few of the actresses in the in the film. Um, who else is there? There's um, a prostitute that he met when he was uh, a, a young boy. Um, I'm trying to remember who all the other ones were. Basically, there's just this whole thing of uh, 
12 different women um, all serving him and running him a bath and making food and, clo- and clothes for him and everything. So fucking weird. Just his fantasy. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Well, this was a bit of a turn. <laughs> um, and then we find out that they, they go upstairs when they turn, when they get too old, a certain age for him, which is, I think, like half of his age or something like that. Um, anyway, they... It, in the fantasy world, uh, they start a rebellion and, and decide that this, this isn't good enough for him and uh, attack him with harsh truths about himself and his sex life. <laughs> Weird fantasy to have. <laughs> it's like, like half fantasy, half nightmare kind of thing. Yeah, like he's like, yeah, oh, look at all these 12 women that I'm obsessed with. Oh, no, they're personally attacking me. I've fucked <laughs> up my own fantasy. <laughs> I like that they're, they're, they're like, you know, why doesn't he get retired when, when he turns 24 or whatever? Yeah. Is it 24 or 26? Something yeah. ridiculously. Something outrageous. Yeah, for like a 40-something-year-old guy. Um, so we then see uh, the producer finally drags Guido to uh, watching the screen tests and deciding on the uh, different um, actors that will play the characters in his film. Um Guido's uh, wife is there and sees how bitterly he represents her in the film and uh, walks away declaring their marriage is over. Smart woman. Good on her. Yeah, honestly, very, very good call. Good on her years <laughs> earlier. <laughs> um, Guido's ideal woman arrives in the form of an actress named Claudia, who, interestingly enough, is um, first billed in this movie, even though she has about eight minutes of screen time. Wow. Yeah, like above, above, like Guido, who is someone in it the has whole a time. great manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he uh, takes her on a. Oh wait, no, she she drives him. Sorry, he takes her on a trip in her car and explains um his film about a burned out man who finds salvation in the ideal woman. But uh, she says that the the protagonist sounds very unsympathetic and incapable of love. Which, of course, because the movie is about him, uh, kind of stings a bit. <laughs> Takes it personally. Yep. Um, so Guido des- uh, decides to call off the film, but the producer and the film staff uh, instead announce a press conference with everyone, all the journalists uh, trying to uh, give him shit and get an answer out of him, but he won't say a single thing, basically. This is another, like weird like change that I was just like, what the hell is going on suddenly? <laughs> um, but uh, we see as everyone, as his producers and everyone pressure him to say something, he uh, climbs under the table to escape the journalists. And um, we see him pull out a, a gun and um, shoot himself in the head, but s- <laughs> symbolically <laughs> it's, it's it's getting a bit weird because he does it and then the next scene he's walking along just fine and they're packing up the set. Um, it's very strange. Yeah, I, I read that this is um this is symbolic of him like killing his his ego and his uh, um, arrogance basically, right? And his obsession with um with the filmmaking. Um, Interesting. So Guido then realizes he was attempted attempting to solve his personal confusion by creating a film to help others when instead he needs to accept his life for what it is. Uh, he asks Louisa for assistance in doing so. Uh, Carla tells him she's figured out what he was trying to say in the movie that he can't do without the people in his life. 
We then see uh, all of the actors climb down a staircase and uh, hold hands in a huge circle with Guido and Louisa joining them at the very end. A bizarre end to a bizarre movie. (laughs) Yeah. Just very strange all around. Yeah. Um, Before we go into opinions, will I tell you a bit about uh, how this movie was made? Yes. Please, 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 please do. So, um, it is similarly weird and um, basically Fellini also, like, didn't know really know what he wanted to do with the movie. So, um, from the start, three years before it's released, he had um, shared the idea with um, a colleague of his, Brunello Rondi, about a man, a movie about a man suffering from a creative block. That was essentially all he had at that t- point. Uh, I was unsure of the script, the title, or even the main character's uh, profession. <laughs> so nothing. So just-, so just a man who has a creative block. He can't quite work out what he wants to do. Uh, from this, he then goes around Italy scouting locations, uh, quote, to quote him, looking for the film. So he's hoping that when he sees a place uh, to do with it, he'll get mo- he'll get motivation and ideas about what he wants to to make here. This sounds very reminiscent of the film. Yes, well, <laughs> that is something you will notice more and more with uh, how it was so- made. So he sort of just went, I have creative block, so I'm going to make a movie about someone that has creative block and just make the movie about me right now. But yeah, basically. I'm going to have lots of women. <laughs> and, and to be fair, there wasn't, like, a, a movie about creative block. And er- everything that I read about, like, the like more modern reception of this is says that, you know, this is the finest film about filmmaking and, and no- nothing else has ever come close sort of thing. Yeah. Which uh, we, we, we can talk about that in a bit. Um, so the working title of the movie was, uh, La Bella Confusion or The Beautiful Confusion, um, which one of the producers came up with, but, um, Fellini under pressure from his producers to create, finally create the proper title, uh, settled on eight and a half, which was, uh, the number of films he had directed to this point. So presumably this movie counts as half. What a twat. <laughs> Sorry, but fuck off. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's so... But, yeah. like, and it doesn't have anything to do with the movie at all. Yeah, it's just a self-referential kind of thing, which is, like, accurate to him and the the character in the movie as well, I suppose. It's kind of a prick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but... <laughs> um, so actual production starts two years later in 1962... Uh, Fellini has sets constructed, he casts the lead roles, he does uh, screen tests, but um, he has still not decided the protagonist's job. Um, <laughs> in April, he starts writing a letter to his producer saying he's lost the film, he doesn't know where he, what he wants to do with it. Um, this is after like he's like m- made deals with like everyone and, and got like half the cast and crew and everything. This guy has too much money. He can go out and cast an entire movie that he hasn't even written yet. Yeah, he's he's quite successful at this point. So uh, it's also like you're casting someone, and it's like, okay, I've just cast you know this actor in this this role. I have not written anything for this role. So what if this actor is not the right choice for what I end up writing? Yeah, it was very much a. Well, I mean, I suppose he knew. He knew his main character already because it was the guy he he worked with with for a lot of his movies. 
True. Um, but yeah, for everyone else, it's like, this, this will be some kind of character. You, you'll do. You, you seem like a good actor. <laughs> um, so as he was writing this letter to his producer, he's interrupted by the chief machinist for the uh, film who wanted to celebrate the the start of production with him. Um, um, so he brings Fellini out to a bunch of the crew who, who are celebrating the, the start of production. Um, Fellini's quote from, from, that, from that moment, I felt overwhelmed by shame. I was in a no exit situation. I was a director who wanted to make a film he no longer remembers. And lo and behold, at that very moment, everything fell into place. I got straight to the heart of the film. I would narrate everything that had been happening to me. I would make a film telling the story of a director who no longer knows what film he wanted to make. <laughs> so that was the, the big moment uh, everything fell into place when he realised that he had no idea he was going to do a movie about having no idea what movie he was going to do. I wonder if um, he figuratively shot himself and killed his ego <laughs> at the end of production. <laughs> Is where James has suddenly drops the fact that he did actually shoot himself or something. Um, no, I did not look up how the, how Fellini died, but I presume he did not shoot himself. Okay, um, <laughs> I'll check in a moment. But um, so when filming began in May, Fellini uh, apparently stuck a piece of paper next to the viewfinder, which said, "Remember, this is a comic film." So along the way, he he want, he needed to keep reminding himself that it was it was meant to be funny. Right. Um, and apparently at this time, most Italian films were, um, uh, the sound was done entirely afterwards. So it was all dubbed in. Oh. Um, apparently many of the di- lines of dialogue in the movie were written post-production. So when they're filmed, the characters are just saying different things and then it's dubbed. So what they're, sa- what they're saying actually doesn't align with the, the voices you're hearing, which... What the hell? I, there was a, there was at least one point in the movie where I noticed this. I looked at it and I like, she's not saying what she's saying. I imagine if you knew <gasps> Italian, it would be way more obvious. Yeah. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I've never heard of that happening before. But yeah, um, despite all the all the chaotic nature of the the film's making and the film's well script and like the film in general, it is uh, it was a very well received film. Um, there's a whole thing of reception of all these famous critics who say it's great, but I didn't want to write it down and include it in my report because. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to add to the um, the positive critiques. I mean, feel for anyone listening that wants to engage with us, feel free to email us at, at watchitagainpod at gmail.com about how this movie's great and I'm an idiot. But um, <laughs> I I just, I, I didn't, didn't want to enjoy it. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, and would not watch it again. <laughs> yeah, oh, um, we didn't even ask you the question. Yeah, James. I'm, I'm just jumping in there in case it was. I know you were really, really puzzled about what my answer was going to be. <laughs> like, we, we we haven't given thoughts, and we we didn't just know that James solidly hates this film. <laughs> so I guess we can ask Cat. What are your thoughts on this film? <laughs> Well, I really liked the visual aspect of it. 
I really enjoyed the costumes and the sets and all that. But the story just was not my cup of tea. I just, I feel like I can't relate to the protagonist or anyone else in the movie. And I find it quite hard to um, engage with a movie like that. That was my core thing too. I felt if I liked, like, um, what's the main, not Fellini, what's the main character? Um, Guido, then maybe it would have been better. But I just didn't like him from the start. Yeah. And there's not really any point of redemption for him. No. Even when he, like, metaphorically shoots his ego, it's just, (laughs) it's still, like, a nothing point because, like, he never, he didn't actually do anything. Yeah, Yeah, it's a hard position to sympathise with, I think. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So I really enjoyed the, like, set design and the costumes and I appreciate the cinematic quality of it, but I just didn't enjoy it I I, <laughs> so i wouldn't watch it again <laughs> i think the sets were kind of cool like because it's an absurdist movie the the weirdness of like some of it all is kind of cool but yeah not yeah. enough to make up for lack of interest in the plot and the characters yeah exactly um nick do you have things to add to this not really i think i, I think this could be a lot more enjoyable if like I don't know if they just maybe if he wasn't like a filmmaker, if he was some like, or if even if he was, there was just some, some like I don't know, there was just more. I don't know something more to him to like something make else? us give Depth? a shit. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. maybe instead of him, like one of his problems being like, oh, I've got to hide my mistress. Maybe make it a problem <laughs> that like I don't know. People can go. You can oh, feel that's yeah, yeah, sort of. Like, obviously, like we're saying, you know, maybe back then people were like, holy fuck, how's he going to, like, I, I understand that. <laughs> people don't know I'm seeing this with my mistress. <laughs> but, she thinks she's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I, does she know? Maybe it's just us being too modern. Yeah. Potentially. <laughs> um... Look, I'm going to be really honest right now. You liked it. Oh, God, no. I fucking hate it. <laughs> um, I, I skipped sections of this film in a hope that it would improve as it went along. So you could have loved this. You'll never no. know. I, I, no, I know. Did you skip the harem section? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched most of the weird fantasy bit in utter just like this guy needs serious psychiatric help um but yeah I just really wasn't a fan I mean visually a lot of it did look nice like Kat said but yeah it's just it's terrible and I guess there's a reason why we've left it to be the last shit thing that we do before ending our list on a high terrible's the word I think terrible's a bit wrong I think it's just more just kind of... Like, A Clockwork Orange is terrible. This is not on the same level as that. A Clockwork Orange is disgusting. (laughs) Is this this the first movie since Clockwork Orange that we've all said would not watch it again? No, I think we've agreed on other stuff since then. surely not. But we're just not as disgusted. (laughs) Also, I'm getting off track. Yeah. This this is Um, a rough track, but I I feel like we should um, address this since it's just a massive part of our show that we hate. A Clockwork Orange. 
Did you guys know that they're in a space um in Space Jam too? Yeah, I, I did. Like, yeah, like yeah, in like the, the background, the actor. No, yeah. I, all the so, characters. Yeah, there's the characters also murder like, nuns. Yeah, so like in yeah. in Space Jam two, they take like like Warner Brothers takes all their properties and like CGs them into the um, audience of the basketball <laughs> game. And they cut, they made a point to cut out Pepe Le Pew being like a creep or whatever because like that was a scene they had originally. But they were like, no, let's get rid of that. Pepe Le Pew is a bit of how you going. So instead, they just put the sex criminals from a Clockwork <laughs> Orange watching yeah. the basketball game. They, they also, oh my god! The they yeah. also put in. Um, there's also these like murder nuns that are in it that are from a movie that Warner Brothers refuses to re-release. But they're in the crowd and it's fine. Yeah, isn't it, called, of stuff. isn't it called like Murder Orgy Nuns or something? Yeah, it's some weird shit that they own, but they've put them in the crowd because, yeah. oh, it's a property we own, let's throw them in there. They won't release the actual film since it came out because it's so fucked. But don't worry about it. <laughs> but they're like, in a kid's movie. The clown from It is in the audience. Like every, If they own a property, it's in the fucking like, audience, <laughs> no matter how fucked it is. And they're like doing the same like little like three emote cheers over and over and over again. <laughs> How is this legal? Because they own it. They can do what they want. <laughs> I just don't, I just know, but just like morally. Who cares? Kids feel, they don't know what it moral is. Laws. Kids aren't going to know who they you are. You need those weird cult movie fans that are obsessed with the first Space Jam in the 90s. Like, hey, I know who those murder nuns are. It, it's like all the like really sexual Simpsons jokes that just go over your head as a kid. Yeah, because, it's fine. Like, you're just like, ha ha, they sound they sound funny, so I'll laugh. <laughs> uh, you forget, James. I haven't ever seen an episode of The Simpsons. No, oh, I'll have to send you another clip to watch right after this episode. <laughs> Can't wait to do The Simpsons movie later on. I might just refuse to watch it, just so I can live my life. Simpsons free. I don't, I don't, somehow, I don't think Jacob's putting it on the list. Yeah, no. Um, so, in other words, back to my original point. No, I would not watch this movie again. Yep, <laughs> not happening. Nashi, we're all agreeing on that. So, Cat, what happens next? So next, Jacob, we have a little chat about what we've been watching, reading, listening to. Um, and what we're excited for that's upcoming, um, like new trailers that have been released, like one very specific trailer that was released (laughs) (laughs) that, um, I'm very excited for. (laughs) Um, yeah. So we just have a chat about what we're excited for. And And since it's James's week, he can go first and we'll loop back around to that specific thing. Unless James wants to talk about that. No, I don't. (laughs) Okay. Shocking that. Um, Did you ever watch the original Matrix trilogy, James? um, Yes, but it was like, like when I was pretty young, so I've I've rewatched the first one since, but not even I haven't watched Reloaded probably since I was like ten. Were you on our Matrix Uh, episode? No, I was not. Okay. I, sh- I honestly, I should rewatch like all of them and then the new one. I mean, oh, the spoil, one, yeah. spoil! I don't know what's happening with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't really watched anything this week that I can think of. Um, so I'm going to do that annoying thing where I, when I haven't watched anything, um, I talk about music. Um, I listened to the new Jungle Giants album um, just the other week, which. Nick, are you a fan of them, or am I thinking of someone else? 
Get back, you think you'd like, uh, Oh, you, are you a fan, Cat? Yeah, I like the Jungle Giants. Have you have you listened to it? I have not. I didn't oh. even know they had a new album out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that's how much of a fan I am. No, sorry. that's no, that's all right. That's that's fair enough. Well, I. I very much enjoyed it. The last uh, song, Monster Truck. I never thought a song called Monster Truck would be a love song that I really like, but it is. <laughs> um, and what else is in it? Heavy Hearted, well, is really good, but that's a single from ages ago. And uh, Treat You Right is also really good. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't, obviously it's a music thing, so I don't have that much to say. So, Kat, what have you been watching? Um, I'm so glad you asked me, James. Um, I, for those at home who enjoy um, reality TV shows, oh no! Tonight, because we're recording on a Sunday, and this is being released on Friday, Friday five days later. Um, tonight is the season finale of Survivor Australia, which I have been um, very invested in, oh, thanks to my roommates. And it's, um, I'm very excited for it. <laughs> so, wow. I just rolled back. <laughs> At least it's not maths. True. That's all I so can when say. You, when you said reality, I'm like, did the bachelor or maths just yeah, start? No, Is... I was like, what's happening? <laughs> Where's this rabbit no, hole going? No. no, it's just, um, it's just survivor. So I'm excited for that. I've also been reading Altered Carbon, which was made into a show on Netflix, which I, I'm sure I've talked about um, in some of our previous episodes watching. But, yeah, I'm, like, halfway through the book. It's really good. There's a lot of slang. So if you can't wrap your head around that, then maybe just watch the show. No, we're um, useful. We'll, we'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I also watched a new movie on Netflix today called Kate, starring, um, what is her name? Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Yeah. I saw an ad for that, um, and I was like, maybe. <laughs> I was like, Nick, did you watch it too? No, I didn't. Yeah. Know. I was getting ads for it, and I was like, eh, yeah, uh, one day. <laughs> yeah. It's not too bad. So it's That's good. Considered. That's kind of all you can ask for Netflix. Yeah. Really. Because, like, I've watched a few Netflix-produced, like, action thriller kind of things. Like, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. I watched one the other week and it was horrendous. Um, but this was actually pretty good and I enjoyed it. Nice. So I'm putting it out there as a little easygoing recommendation if you don't want to think much but don't mind a bit of gore. I love not thinking. I love yeah. gore. <laughs> Although there... Is some Japanese, so you have to read subtitles. Oh no! <laughs> None of us have done that before. <laughs> We've done that seventy-two times in the last four weeks. Uh, um, um, so yeah, that's me. Just been hanging out, really. Nicolas, Jacob, it's I your turn. thanks. I <laughs> uh, I watched the season finale of Rick and Morty season five. Was this five? I, I, yeah, I, I forgot about it, and I saw an Instagram post this morning. I was like, oh, oh yeah. It's- yeah, I um I saw the uh, TV spots for it that had Christopher Lloyd as yeah, Rick. that was good. I was like, oh, shit, I've got to catch up on that. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to watch them tonight. It's kind of in a pattern at the moment where uh, it starts really good. Uh, each season starts pretty good, gets really shit in the middle, but then ends like, on decently. On high? Yeah. 
Okay, good. I'm like, glad. I thought you were going to say, and then it just gets worse. And I was like, fuck. No, no there, there was like a really weird, I think like third episode, which I, I, I'm guessing no one else has seen. So I'll just let you watch it yourself. But yeah, it's like, to be fair, it's like better than like most other shows on TV. But like, yes. But yeah, I was just kind of not not feeling it, and like, I know it's kind of it's kind of become a show that just sort of comes around every year. I forget it's there. Like, yeah. I'm, I don't really hype myself up for it. But then when it's released, I'm like, oh, cool, I like this, and I'll enjoy yeah. it for a bit. Yeah. But good to watch. Yeah. But I, I'm, you know. If you're a fan, I, I feel like if you're a fan, not or if you're not a fan at this point, like it's not really much, you know. If you're not a fan, if, what are you doing? If you're not a fan, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> if you're not getting up on that Macca's counter and screaming for some sauce, <laughs> what are you doing? See, that's the problem. That's the pro- like yeah. I, I'm kind of like it's not really a show I can be passionate anymore because of that. It's like kind of become yeah. like star Wars where I'm just like, ah, uh, fans fucking suck. Can, can everyone else not like it? So I can, yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> me with anything. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, I also watched the first season of Chuck. <gasps> oh, is that good? I love it. It's really good. James, like, did you just die? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite show of all time. You know what? Because I I meant to always watch it, but it wasn't on anything. And um, Beck was trying to get me to watch it, and we watched it on Seven Plus. And I was like, no, because it was Seven Plus. Yeah, I was like, no, not loving this. Yeah, she she bought a DVD player just so we could watch her old DVDs of it. I I love it. Oh my god! She uh, bought a DVD player. That's that's what we've come to in the yes, world. Right? You have to go out and actually purchase a DVD player. <laughs> yeah. these days. Do you, do you own like a gaming console? Uh, she. <laughs> there are consoles in her house, and I don't think she knew that you could play DVDs on them. Okay. Because I said something. Just calling her like, out. Why? Why, why did you tell me that? Nick, if you enjoyed well, season she, one, she's not a gamer. If you enjoyed season one, then keep going because season two and three are the fucking best. Yeah, I know. I like. I think. I think we finished the first season today, so I'm keen to like just power through it. Hell yeah! Let, let me know what you think more. Now that I'm done with Scrubs, yeah. But yeah, otherwise, I think that's all I've really watched. Where are you up to in Barry? Uh, Have you got... watched any this week? No, we saw. Uh, I stopped watching it to watch Chuck. Um... Good decision. I, I, I think I got to the end of the first. No, no it's, it's really good. I, I, I do want to watch the second season because I remember it being a lot better. But um, oh, yeah, Barry. yeah, I, I got to the second last episode of season one, so I'm keen oh to jump gosh. back on because I think there's a third season. And yeah, it hasn't even started production yet. Oh, I've been waiting what? for years. Ah, oh, that yeah. sucks. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Just finished production though. What? The Boys Season 3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw that. So hopefully that comes out. Uh, hopefully. Uh, I, know, I think that's supposed to come out this year. So that'd be great if they could just. I fucking hope move, so. If they could move that along, that'd be excellent. Get me some gory superhero <laughs> and supervillain action, please. Oh, also, speaking of superheroes, did anyone see the um, PlayStation conference where they released all yes. their upcoming games? So yes. I'm a- not a nerd, Nick. Oh, okay. I'm a nerd, but I didn't okay. see it. Okay, Kat. How, how excited for the boys are you again? 
But uh, there, astronomically, there you go. But there's a Wolverine game being made by Insomniac. I'm so keen. Like oh, same studio so as Spider Man. Oh. And we also got a trailer for Spider Man Two. Oh. I was so excited. And then I just got the biggest punch in the balls with the 2023 date reveal at the end. Because, you know, I know that's going to, it's going to be like, it's probably going to be like a Christmas release too. So I'm like, ah, fuck. Yeah. Why would would they put out a teaser so early? It is for PlayStation 5. So Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe by Christmas in 2023, one of, someone in the world might be able to buy one. (laughs) (laughs) I got him. I don't, want to pay, I don't want to pay eight hundred dollars to play Spider Man. But like at the moment, like, <laughs> oh my brother. Has no matter one. what retailer oh, you go on, it just still, has. I'll still hear in four years whenever it comes yeah. out. Like, <laughs> yeah, in like at, no matter what retailer you go to at the moment, it says out of stock, unavailable, or coming soon. Mm. Because Sony released a new game console and didn't build enough of them. Well, I think they fault. Well, that's I, stupid. I, because God of War comes out this year. And I think they folded and just made it for PS4 as well. So because you can't buy half the new um, games because they're all for PS5, uh, yeah. and you can't buy a fucking PS5. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck's the point? I'll get Sony. I'll give you eight hundred and fifty fucking dollars. Just let me buy a PS5. <laughs> I will buy but one. That, that does give me the opportunity. It's it's been a year, so it's a tactic exactly. at this point. It's it's a tactic. They're being assholes. Yeah. They're not like it's not like they they're. In short the supply, world. they they could get some Bangladeshi kid to make it for like ten dollars. Yeah. We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Which we don't People endorse. are in their houses. Give us a fucking PlayStation. For fuck's sake. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> okay, we need to move on. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I have two things that I want to talk about. Firstly, being that uh, I think last week I was going on when we were talking about what if that I just really want the Marvel Zombies episode, and then it turned out that that episode was Marvel Zombies. So yeah. it was really exciting, and I loved every second of it. And yes. it was just great. It was just a really good. I mean, I feel like that probably should have been a feature length storyline yeah, because it, it kind of packed a lot, a lot into 30 minutes. But it was done really well, but it would have been good to see some of those like action sequences and stuff fleshed out between zombie Avengers and non-zombie Avengers. You know? Yeah, that would have really... I want more... I want live-action Marvel zombies rated R from Disney, You're never please. getting that. You're never I getting want that. It. <laughs> I just want... I Create want your that. own production. Um, on a completely different note, there's a new documentary series on Netflix called Turning Point 9-11 and the War on Terror. Um, there's mm-hmm. five episodes. I've been watching that. I'm not finished yet. Um, I do highly recommend that everyone watch it. So it goes into, obviously, um, pretty graphic detail about 9-11. But then it goes deep into the history of how it all happened and what the events that led to it. So it goes into the Soviet 20-year Soviet occupation of Afghanistan and then them leaving, leaving and the um, Al-Qaeda and Taliban taking over, and then the American occupation following 9-11 that has ended this year and that Afghanistan's back to where it was 30 years ago mm-hmm. and that mm. nothing's really changed and how the war in Iraq happened and that America was fighting two separate wars in 
two different countries that they didn't need to be fighting either. So I strongly mm-hmm. recommend cause, um, watching that. And the only other thing is, yeah, the Matrix 4 trailer. Shit, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I I have theories and questions, but I don't know. Do you guys want to talk about that now? or I've only seen the first, so a lot of that was kind of nothing to me. I was just like, ah. Right. You've only seen the first Matrix? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Nicholas! I didn't have so to see the second and third for our episode, so I didn't. You sh- I, I'm astounded. Well, I was Jacob. told they weren't good, so I spent They're my time really good. Are they? They expand so it. Yeah, they expand on it so much. Right. It's like, it's, uh oh, it's great. Also, yeah. Keanu Reeves, you just can't get enough of him. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll well, Now I my theories are going to be huge spoilers for Nick. Oh, you, I, I'm pretty sure you told Just me the plot when we did the, the episode, and I, so, I really didn't retain um, any of it, so go ahead. In the trailer, <laughs> Trinity's back. Oh, wait, back. can I just say, yeah. um, just a little side note, Neil Patrick Harris popping up, beautiful. I, I'm so it. random. Chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> and he's he's been, so Thomas Anderson, or Neo, so, so wait, tr- in the wait, Matrix. Tr- Trinity's back from where? Well, in the third one, she gets is... impaled oh, quite majorly. <laughs> <laughs> she has several pieces of metal pierce her entire chest and abdomen, and she just you can't come back for that much impalement. But no. obviously, you can. So, in the trailer, there's two, and also like at the end of the third one, Neo's presumed dead, and his face is burnt to a fucking crisp. But the machines kind of take him away. Mm. But he, they're both back, and um, and there's two little like couple of like frame shots in the trailer where both of them are emerging from pods, so their bodies are both okay. So the machine so takes them. What if them getting out of the pods is also in the matrix? Well, that's the other thing. Like, well, exactly. Is it a matrix within a matrix? Yes, you just that, don't know at this point. Because, well, that was what that a, is. But that was a theory for like the first three. You haven't even seen the second and third. Because in the second and third, it's expanded (laughs) upon that. Like, because by the third one, Neo can kind of use his powers outside of the Matrix. Yeah, but what if it turns out that isn't the Matrix? Well, that's the thing. Is that like every couple of hundred, every like hundred years or so, it cycles through with a one and the human resistance. So they kind of think that that's also in the Matrix, and waking up from the Matrix is still in the Matrix. Mm. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. But I did find it weird that the whole Matrix doesn't have a green tone to it. It's all warm and colourful. Yeah. But there's a lot of blue imagery Mm. through it all. You know, blue pill, red pill. Yeah, well, it seems that in the trailer that Neil Patrick Harris's character is just feeding Thomas Anderson blue pills. Yeah. So he's been alive the whole time and they're just suppressing his um, memories. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, I guess. But- I'm just, like, kind of sad, though, that they've recast a few people. Or did they? Dun, or did dun, they? You dun. don't know. Or they're new characters. I want. I just want Hugo Weaving back. <laughs> well, he was going to, and then there was yeah. a scheduling conflict. Oh. So he was originally coming back, but one of the other agents from the second one is returning. The fuck is Hugo Weaving working on? And something yeah. else, obviously. I don't it know. Better be better than Matrix Four. Email Simon it... and ask him what's your brother doing. 
What's your brother doing that's more important than the Matrix? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Has he even been in in the last few years? I don't know. Lots I'm of things. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, I think he just does mostly like stuff now. Yeah. It's yeah. Having a good old time. Um, but he has said he's open to returning in any more films. Like he, oh, that's he said, weird. it's a franchise that he's happy to come back to at any time if he can. Whereas Lawrence sure, Fishburne good. said he wasn't asked to come back. I think that, that yeah, I don't know that that if that's true, that really sucks. Like, but he he's he's like the way he says it is so similar <laughs> to like Andrew Garfield. Like, no, I'm not in Spider Man. I'm not there. <laughs> so could also be like in his contract, it's like you just have to deny that we ever spoke to you, and like we never, we never, and he's just going to pop up, and it's going like hi. But the other theory I saw is that like this could genuinely be like a hundred years after. Yeah, the it could just be the start one. of a new trilogy. Yeah, it could be like the new cycle beginning with the human resistance and the machines and. They're like that new guy that kind of looks like Morpheus could be like his great great grandson or something or. Yeah. You know? Morpheus Jr. 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 Yeah. Yeah, so we'll just have to wait and see when it comes out, what happens, because otherwise it's rampant speculation. Which we do a lot of. But, um, <laughs> Pat, where can people reach us? You can email us at watchitagainpod at gmail.com um, or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at watchitagainpodcast. So, yeah, leave us a review wherever you're listening to us on. Um, Tell us how wrong we are about eight and a half if you like it. Yeah. Or if you have any PS5s. (laughs) (laughs) You want to donate to us for free. If you send us a PS5. Preferably, but probably not existing. We will give you a shout out on every remaining episode of the podcast. (laughs) And you can come over and play it whenever you want. As long as I'm not playing it. (laughs) <laughs> COVID safe, Jacob. Jacob was definitely that kid. Had kids <laughs> over, and he's like, "No, it's my, it's my Xbox." <laughs> no, I just want someone to give um, me a PS Five. <laughs> well, yeah, just leave us a review, donate us a PS Five, send us an email. Or we four, four PS Five. We love chatting too. <laughs> so we've done over eighty episodes now. So we. Need more than one email. Yeah, can we be famous And now, more than please? one PS5. Yes, definitely that. <laughs> definitely that. Um, yeah, otherwise, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week to kick off a fantabulous trilogy of the final three films on our list. So stay tuned for that. Excited. Yeah. Um, hints yeah. include Christian Bale, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, Tom Hardy. Morgan Freeman. Anne Hathaway. You know, all those people. It's going to be great. All the good ones. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.